0: You're now listening to Sanity at the Movies Kung Fu edition. Yeah. <laughs> Dong. All right. <laughs> now me and Ben, you know, you may have thought that you were just hearing us do sound effects, but what actually happened is that Ben attacked me right there, and uh-huh. there was a flurry of awesomeness, and we both hit the ground. And we're both bleeding from multiple spots, multiple wounds right now. Yeah, it was well. It was worth it, though. <laughs> it was it's, worth it, it mm. to start our kung fu episode, our martial arts episode. Now, this is an episode, Ben, that we devised principally as a means of tricking Jake. <laughs> to, <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Who's not joining us because he's doing Evansville pastor business right now, but. We tricked him. We, we we wanted to trick him into watching an old Jackie Chan movie. Oh man! Yes, we did. Drunken Master. Drunken Master, yeah, from I think 1978 or 79, or it's early and
1: it's 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 early. Let's see. I have the whole filmography of Jackie Chan
0: here. Ben, you tell you just keep talking it's, to the audience. I'm going to go turn off the dryer. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's 1977, and folks, I would encourage all of our listeners who enjoy drunken violence to watch Drunken Master, because there's a lot of alcohol consumption, and there's a lot of beating people up, and uh, a lot of it's played for laughs, because this is old school kung fu comedy. Actually, this is, as I understand it, kind of the invention, well, I'm gonna say too much here, but this is the era of kung fu comedy, and I don't know if Jackie Chan invented kung fu comedy,
0: but um, he certainly perfected it and brought it into the yeah, mainstream. He, if nothing else, that's that's right. So my understanding—I've never seen it—but my understanding is that a movie called "The Thirty Sixth Chamber of Shaolin" or something uh-huh. like that is one of the first kung fu. That's
1: not that's not a comedy. Thirty Six Crazy Fists is probably the one you're thinking of.
0: Yes. Well, I don't know. I I, I don't pretend to be an expert on the subject. But
1: so, you were going to say kung fu comedy, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There, there is a kung fu comedy that predates chan for sure a very popular one in that era like right before drunken master well that's i mean it's it, it is chan jackie chan and the 36
1: crazy fists 36 chamber of, Sha, of shaolin is a gordon Liu movie gordon Liu famously appeared in kill bill a couple of times yes He's, the old man
0: with the wispy beard and all that stuff that's right not that we recommend that those no films
1: at all no we don't so that's that's a movie that's that's from, actually, that 36th Chamber of Shaolin is a couple of years after <laughs> Drunken Master. And it, it's, it's a totally serious Kung Fu movie about a guy who goes to Shaolin monks to train. And there's a long, there's like a famous set of training sequences <laughs> where there's all these bizarre ways that he's trained to master Kung Fu so that he can avenge
0: someone or do something at the end. Well, I have egg on my face. You have dishonored me, Ben. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, I pulled the wrong title. But I, I I stand by the fact that I think there is a funny kung fu movie that comes before Jackie Chan or maybe certainly before Drunken Master. But, mm-hmm. but Drunken Master is kind of the one that was popular and helped solidify the whole funny kung fu. Yeah, this is, sorry, I said
1: 77. This is saying 78, Drunken Master. Okay. Which we... <laughs>
0: may or may not have watched for this episode. Yeah, so just just to (laughs) tell people, we watch The Matrix, and then sometimes we like to pair movies together. Like, we're going to watch something that's more new or more immediately relevant, and then we're going to watch something that maybe influenced that. So, I don't know, for example, if we watched the latest sci-fi movie next month, then we might try and pair it with Metropolis or Blade Runner or something like that. That is kind of one of our strategies, which I don't think you've really ever seen us employ all that much on this podcast, but moving forward, that's one of our strategies. So we watched The Matrix, which, fam- which sort of helped mainstream in the West a certain style of fast kung fu Hong Kong style action, and we thought we'd watch one of the progenitors of that, and so we all watched Jackie Chan's Drunken Master. But yeah. there's nothing to really say about Drunken Master. I mean it's kind of fun, I guess. Like
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really crass. It's it's silly. It, I mean, Jackie Chan is charming. Yeah, he's, he's
0: Jackie Chan, incredibly charismatic actor. Yeah. Just no he, I don't even know if he's a good actor, but whatever that quality that just makes someone really watchable and really likable on screen, yeah. he's got that in spades
1: yeah i think we'll talk more about choreography as we go but if you ever if you ever if you're like okay i'm gonna go on youtube i'm gonna watch a clip from drunken master and hope no one asks why i'm watching a clip from a movie called drunken master Mm -hmm. and you're gonna what you're gonna see is like this much slower more formal choreography than what you're used to if you've seen any jackie chan made in like the 90s that's that was kind of the style then it's very elaborate. Mm-hmm. It's actually very complex. It's pretty fast, but it's not fluid. Right. It's like there's a pause between each movement sometimes. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so I think we'll talk more about that as we yeah. go. Well, we watched, so we watched Drunken Master, and like I said, we're, we're, there's not a lot to say specifically about Drunken Master, but we thought we'd do a little episode on... Well, first of all, we were so happy that we tricked Jake into watching Drunken Master, because he was texting both Ben and me and saying, why are you making me watch this Power Rangers oh, episode? Which is how he condescendingly and, you know, borderline racistly, uh, although wow. said. Power Rangers is Japanese. This is Chinese. Yeah, this is Chinese. man. God, like, two completely different cultures. Right.
1: Okay. So fun fact. I just have to put this here. So there's another Jackie Chan kung fu comedy. Actually, Yuan and pings first film. Yun Wu-Ping.
0: Choreographer for the Matrix. Choreographer is- for the Matrix.
1: Yeah. And and other some other famous things. I think he did Crossing Tiger Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. He's he's a genius. He's he's become if you know the name of a martial arts, a Chinese martial arts choreographer, it will be his. Right. Because he's been in Hollywood as well as China. But his first his first his directorial debut was Snake in the Eagle Shadow. Mm-hmm which is a Jackie Chan movie that came out um, a year or half a year earlier than Drunken Master. Right. It has the same drunken old man who teaches Jackie Chan, you know, good fighting. Right. And it has actually the same mustached guy play the villain who I just learned. Wang Jun Lee is a Japanese born Korean martial artist. There you go. So he plays Thunderleg, <laughs> Drunken <laughs> Master. <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's the kind of stuff these guys were pumping out these films. And they were they were just making them as quick as they could. Right. And, and even using a consistent set of character types, especially for a few of these early Jackie Chan movies.
0: Well, let me uh, give people a roadmap for this episode, which we haven't talked about a roadmap for this episode. We're, we're just uh, flying by the, or kicking by the seat of our pants yeah. today. Doing triple kicks <laughs> like Donnie Yen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So we're just going to, we're going to take it easy today, Ben. This is going to be a nice kind of easy listening podcast. Just... Two friends talking about martial arts movies. You know what I mean? Kind of geeking out a little? I'll geek out a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about some history and some context and some give have some sort of Christian thoughts about things. But I, I think this is going to be more of a casual Ben and Nathan talk in a scattershot manner about things that interest them kind of episode. Kind of like the Nathan and Ben...
1: Talk version of Jackie Chan's kung fu antics, kind of yes, except the opposite, right? Because not carefully choreographed for thousands of hours ahead of time.
0: No, this would be Ha-ha. this would be more akin to a Jason Bourne action scene, really. Oh, kind of choppy, all over the place. Not really sure what's going on.
1: Edited carefully together in post
0: <laughs> to sound like a
1: couple of geniuses talking about kung fu movies. Right,
0: coherence achieved through sound but not visually, yet, but that's every podcast. All right. Yeah. So we're just going to enjoy ourselves, take it slow, be a little scattershot today. But if you like hanging out with me and Ben and hearing us talk martial arts, then boy.
1: <laughs> who, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> Our years of training have prepared us well. If you're a member
0: of humanity, I probably should have just <laughs> said. <laughs> no kidding. This is the podcast for you. Wow. <laughs> All right, so here's I will though give a little roadmap for the episode, which is as follows. So let's let's we'll talk a little bit about the martial arts genre in general. Maybe give a little bit of a history of it, and then we'll talk about what we like about it, what we don't like about it, and you know maybe we'll ask the clickbaity question of should Christians watch martial arts films? <clears throat> maybe we'll compare them to other types of action movies, to to western. Action movies. Mm-hmm. What what are the things that they do better over there? What are the things that they do worse? I don't know. Ben, does that sound like a good roadmap for I, this, this I think, episode? I think it's a good roadmap, Nathan. Yeah, we can but we can always take, take take some detours. Me and Ben both, obviously, <laughs> maybe and, take an off ramp if we have to. <laughs> you can <take> <laughs> no, <laughs> we're crashing. <laughs> um, so let's talk about martial arts movies, like just the the sort of history. <sighs> of, I guess I guess people should understand if you don't that hong kong is one of the filmmaking centers of the world so Mm -hmm. you have hollywood obviously and then you have different countries that have depending on the country and depending on their culture depending on all kinds of things depending on how rich they are all they some some countries develop robust film industries some countries develop robust film industries that don't tend to break out into other markets like india has one of the most robust film industries but it's very much a niche product you know the bollywood film people do watch them here but i mean how many bollywood films have you ever seen ben
1: i have seen zero actually megan's seen one or two and she wants me to watch
0: one sometime and i will yeah i've seen one or two they're they're tremendously fun but they're not a huge product here outside of a, a niche market hong kong is a market that has broken through internationally and did with mm-hmm. Bruce Lee, basically, in the early 1970s. But they've had a robust film industry since the war years, 1940 or so. Mm-hmm. They began to develop into a a one of the most outside of, you know, Hollywood, American Hollywood has always been the filmmaking capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Yay, America. But <laughs> in terms of international markets, Hong Kong has one of the most robust ones. And I don't pretend to be an expert in international affairs and all that kind of stuff. Do you understand, Ben? Do you understand what the difference is between Hong Kong and China?
1: Well, only in the roughest terms, because Hong Kong had been under British protection for so long. When did that lift? When, 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 when When was Hong Kong returned to the nation of China, so to speak? It's only as recent as 1997. I'm sure most of our listeners know that. So it was a colony and dependent territory, to quote Wikipedia, of the British Empire from 1841 to 97. And that meant that they had a lot more economic freedom and creative freedom mm-hmm. than they well, than they do now, although they're still continuing to do a lot of business as usual in terms of making whatever movies they want.
0: Well, under with this relationship with the West, they developed such a, a robust... So several robust industries including filmmaking mm-hmm. and some of those things have continued past 97 yeah in fact martial arts kind of had a a renaissance in the 2000s with movies like the matrix and stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah and yeah. jackie chan and jet lee and several people attempting to make western breakthroughs and ultimately kind of failing ultimately but, failing for sure but it, but but it, all your rush hours and things like that did happen mm-hmm. Around that, around that time, <laughs> yes, around yes, that, time that, that glorious period of, oh boy, of of history,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, and so you had like, for instance, Jackie Chan, Hong Kong born, Donnie Yen, Hong Kong born. These are very famous. Donnie Yen, you if you you probably would know him best from Ip Man, right?
0: You know Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan's a household Obvious. name. Yeah. So so if, absolutely. If Jackie Chan is like the Beatles, then Donnie Yen would be like. Whatever the band is, that's not quite as popular as the Beatles. The Beach Boys. But you no, know, except, except Don Yen's. Ultimately, you know, you might argue he's a superior physical performer in some way. I mean, I don't know. We're talking apples and oranges. Who cares? Yeah,
1: but he's <clears throat> pretty different. It's Coke and Pepsi. It doesn't matter. And then you have so Jet Li was Chinese-born, like mainland China, right? But has done tons of work in the Hong Kong film industry.
0: In fact, mainly. If you know a movie, a famous action movie that's eastern influenced whether it's like the john woo stuff where they're diving through the air with pigeons firing guns whether it's jackie chan whether it's bruce lee all stuff, the stuff you the old cheesy shaw brothers action <laughs> these are all hong kong movies and so obviously martial arts movies have spread into different industries what's the guy that did the raid what what is that like indonesia that's
1: that's that's Iko Uwais. He's an Indonesian artist. Right, yeah. So it, it,
0: Indonesia now has a, mm-hmm. a pretty robust martial arts. <laughs> well, and, and, and here's where, I mean, if you don't ever watch The Raid,
1: I would say. I've tried to watch fight clips from it because I like <laughs> I like martial arts fight it's very, scenes. It's very violent. It's crazy violent. And really, that harks back to the days of a lot of old school kung fu movies mm-hmm. where Oh, you, you know, of course they're going to fight and then we're going to, you're going to watch the good guys pull the bad guys teeth out mm-hmm. and they're going to be like, ah, they're going to be bleeding everywhere. And then you're going to watch like people get dismembered. And I know that there's a lot of movies like this. I haven't really seen them. Jackie Chan is what I, it, it insof- I didn't really grow up watching martial arts movies, mm-hmm. but Jackie Chan is what I got into in some Jet Li stuff. And they're not, they don't tend so much towards bloodlust. Right. Which is something that makes it a lot easier to enjoy them. But a lot of this stuff, including the new burgeoning Indonesian martial arts movie industry and some stuff from Thailand with Tony Jaa, if you've ever – there was some – Ong Bak and The Protector. And The Protector. Mm-hmm. Those, guys, those guys are really more like, no, we just like bloodlust and we're going to do all, as much gross stuff as we want. And Jackie Chan is actually a refreshingly different thing. Right. Most of the time.
0: Well, so if you want to trace the history of this, and I don't pretend to be a, a super expert, neither. But you have, let's just start with Bruce Lee. I know there were things that came before Bruce Lee, but mm-hmm. Bruce Lee broke out, huge international star, made Enter the Dragon with Paramount Pictures or whoever. You know, made a made a movie with Western money that really mm-hmm. helped make Hong Kong action cinema and that whole style popular. Which, by the way, has some.
1: Nudity and some is actually a pretty mean-spirited, violent movie. Don't recommend it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about the morality of these movies more a little bit later on yeah. for following our, our roadmap. But yeah, a lot of these movies have, shall we say, different uh, moral sensibilities <laughs> than what we're used to in the West. Although more and more yeah. our movies and our action movies and our action stars are are are, are more like that. Oh, well, we'll we'll get to that mm-hmm. in a minute. So Bruce Lee breaks out, and Bruce Lee is a very proud and serious performer. (laughs) Very full of himself. Very the 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 whole cult of Bruce Lee is just that he's almost like this godlike figure. He's just he's awesome. And his movies are all about how awesome Bruce Lee is. And so you have a ton of imitators and you're doing a ton of kind of serious, awesome movies in that style. And one thing that you'll find is that a lot of film industries outside of Hollywood are much more quickly and cheaply producing movies and so when something's popular a host of imitators i mean hollywood does this too but hollywood it takes a couple of years for the machine to click into place and then mm-hmm. the machine moves kind of slowly and ponderously just because hollywood has a lot of money and a lot of prestige on the line and the, the hollywood machine just moves a little slower but if when bruce lee became big they flooded the market you know like the hong kong they were pumping these things out for you know jackie chan would star in more than one movie a year and it's it's just a completely different business model over there which means bruce lee's really popular suddenly Mm -hmm. you're getting 50 movies a year that are like that and so you have the bruce lee style and then jackie chan comes along and jackie chan is refreshingly different because he doesn't take himself seriously he's Mm -hmm. he's having fun with it Yeah, And it's not about necessarily Jackie Chan dominating his enemies. It's about Jackie Chan just surviving and being awesome and Uh eventually dominating. Eventually.
1: eventually. But he's more of, he's more, he's like a scamp, you know, he's like playful, silly. He's going to have fun. He's going to be the butt of a lot of jokes. He's going to get hurt a lot. It's like part of the fun is watching Jackie Chan make an idiot of himself before he figures things out or barely get through something, you know. Whereas Bruce Lee, <laughs> Bruce Lee is not interested in that side of things. Bruce Lee is like, oh, you know, the bad guy touched me once. And then I, I, I kicked him in the head 20 times and now he's
0: dead. Right. <laughs> and that's it. Bruce Lee's kind of boring for that reason, I think, actually. Because yeah. there's never any tension. drama. There's yep. no tension. You never think Bruce Lee's on the ropes, ever. It's just like, there is no interest in <laughs> that. <laughs> it's more like watching... Not even the end of a Terminator movie, but the beginning of a Terminator movie, where we're just establishing that the Terminator is really good at terminating things. Like that—that's what a Bruce Lee movie is like. He just comes in and he dominates people, and there's and and they never have any kind of a chance.
1: But he is charismatic.
0: He is charismatic. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason Bruce Lee was the one that broke through. There's there's something about the guy. But I don't know that I've ever actually really just loved. A Bruce Lee movie. I mean, I I think I've seen them all. Really? I mean, there's only five or six of them. Before He he died pretty young.
1: Yeah, I I don't think it's much, I don't think it's that much fun.
0: Yeah, if you were going to pull up one Bruce Lee fight, I would actually say, just because it's weird and kind of interesting, the fight in the temple or whatever it is with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from... Oh, yeah. Game of Death. Game of Death is kind of fun. The one where he wears the yellow jumpsuit that Quentin Tarantino famously used for What's-Her-Face and... Karima Thurman and Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of interesting, just because Karima abdul debar has these long legs and this really gangly body, and it's just interesting. What would you say? A mix of... Contrast? Contrast of types, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no. Yeah. Eh. So Jackie Chan does all that stuff and is awesome. Yeah. Jackie
1: Chan does all that stuff. Jackie Chan... Jackie Chan as I understand it was was trained this is where I should I should know my my Chan trivia a little better but he grew up in a boarding a lot of his youth in an opera school mm-hmm. which is not primarily where you learn to sing. At least right. not in Hong Kong. You do learn to sing. <laughs> you don't learn to sing like what we understand as opera. Chinese mm-hmm. opera is a very different art form. If you want to Cut that out <laughs> uh, but but you but you are under well you what you do learn to do is perform you learn acrobatics and martial arts and you learn stuff for the stage and you learn comedy and drama i guess mm-hmm. and all kinds of things and jackie chan's style is really different from if you ever watch a jet Li movie right. you see the way jet Li moves in these like long elegant graceful flowing movements that's because Jet Li, Jet Li, all of his skills come from training in these wushu competitions right. where you're not actually sparring, you're just competing in forms. Mm-hmm. Who can be the fastest and the most graceful and the most perfect in completing a certain form? And Jet Li was a genius at that from like an, an early age. Mm-hmm. Like I think at age 12, he won this crazy wushu championship. Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan completely different. Jackie Chan is like, think of him as vaudeville or something. Right. Like he's, like he's training to be the people's entertainment in in a, in a different way than Jet Li was. Right. And uh, and the, so their styles are very different and Jet Li is going to emphasize comedy and pratfalls and, and 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 acrobatics more than Jet Li.
0: Right. That's just a thing. Well, J- uh, Jackie Chan has always said that some of his great inspirations were people like Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton, mm-hmm. and Harold Lloyd. And you can definitely see that in his work. If you watch those old silent comedies, they actually have a lot of similar mo- moments and motifs and moments to a Jackie Chan movie. And those guys came out of vaudeville as well, or or out of you mm-hmm. know the American equivalent. And 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 yeah, there's something completely different about Jackie Chan in that sense. I, I guess we should mention the Shaw Brothers. Real quick. So there's a there's a famous studio in Hong Kong that pumped these things out. And in the 1970s, they were the ones that produced what you kind of probably still, even in this woke age, people have this these, now we would probably consider them to be racist caricatures of what a karate movie, you know, when you think about and when you think about and bad sound effects and when you think about gongs and when you think about silly weapons master of the flying guillotine when you think about crane stance and you know people balancing on things and all that kind of stuff that's those are shaw brothers films is what you're really that that whole Mm -hmm, style mm -hmm. that whole library of like five sound effects that they reused and right the same stupid whoosh sound put under (laughs) every every movement yeah all that stuff
1: and the off-putting violence too shaw brothers is a lot of those older kung
0: fu films that if you watch them you'll be like oh like this is gross yeah it's kind of it's gross but it's so poorly done that you i mean i'm not recommending it understand and and some of them are quite violent but some,
1: some of them actually are really well done
0: yeah some of them are well done but a lot of times it'll be like you can see the guy's arm quote unquote got cut off and you can see his real arm stuck under his shirt <laughs> and while the, the plastic right. arm and in silly like grape uh, juice looking blood goes flying everywhere. <laughs> it's It can be pretty silly. So my favorite of those and one that I think I can recommend, although for all I remember, it probably has like some random nudity and stuff is one that is called Master of the Flying Guillotine. And it's about a guy that like the, the bad guy has this guillotine contraption on a chain that he swings around and (laughs) it goes on people's heads and he yanks the chain and their heads come off and it's not not very gruesome as I recall, but (laughs) there there's this tournament and all these different fighters with these different styles. So there's like a girl that does grasshopper style and there's Uh a guy that has two staves and you can see a lot of the inspiration for for Mortal Kombat and for all the kind of tournament games and stuff like that right in some of these movies it's, it's kind of fun
1: yeah i well i did what i didn't realize because i just i pulled up shaw brothers and wikipedia i didn't i didn't know that they were active until 2011 and produced crouching tiger hidden dragon there you which go was a major western hmm, crossover hit mm-hmm. no idea
0: yeah so they lasted a long time yeah they lasted a long time i don't know who what what the equivalent would be here but just a major studio that it's, it's, cranked it's, these things out.
1: It's kind of like, well, it said that it, I re, it was reading that it was organized on the Hollywood system originally with mm-hmm. all these exclusive contracts to everyone.
0: Yes, that's really important to understand. So they would get people under contract, which is not how, which is how Hollywood used to work back in mm-hmm. the day. But there were all these lawsuits. Olivia de Havilland famously fought the system. See, the Era Flynn's girlfriend in all those movies, you know, made Marion. She won a major lawsuit. So now we have what's called the de Havilland laws. And we have these things so that studios can't just tyrannically run people's lives. But that's not how things were back in the day here. And that's not how things were there. So you'd get somebody like Jackie Chan when he was young, I believe. And he would just be under contract as one of their stunt performers. And... He would just come in, and one day he'd be assigned to this movie, and the next day he'd be assigned to that movie. And his job would be to just take hits and do pratfalls. And you'd have fifty guys like him, and you'd have your major stars under contract. And so this allowed you to just churn product out and to keep making movies. And it's not like the star would be like, "Well, what am I gonna? What's? Uh, let me read some screenplays. I'm gonna talk to my agents, see what uh-huh, I want to do." Uh-huh. Now. No, it's just like <laughs> you're assigned to this movie. <laughs> All right. you're, you're doing a, Attack of the Flying Guillotine today. <laughs> And the other thing about that is that and, and we can maybe talk about this when we get more into the morality of it but I mm-hmm. think that I think there's something that, that with that that's connected to the relative cheapness with which they hold human life and one of the reason these movies are better as action movies than a lot of their western counterparts is because the stunt performers are taking risks they're working longer hours we're not caring whether we kill our star i mean we don't want to kill our star but we're allowing jackie chan to do stunts and stuff that just for liability insurance reasons and stuff we would never I, I feel like a lot of that was more under chan's
1: control actually like i think chan kind of had his own i don't think that he was inside he wasn't inside that system at any yeah point, yeah this right? is
0: so this is po- chan's the majority of what we know is chance career would have been after that and would have been under his control. Although he would have mm. had other people under contract mm, like that, yeah. you know, he would have had his huh. team that he would have paid. And it's the same guys that show up and get beat up by him in, in, in,
1: in every movie, in every yeah.
0: movie. <laughs> but, but the Shaw brothers definitely would have that kind of a system. And Jackie Chan would have come out of that kind of a system. And indeed Harold Lloyd, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton all came mm. out of systems like that where we're working for Mark Senator and we're just doing Keystone cop comedies. And today I, take a pie to the face and tomorrow I play the buffoonish butler and the next, you know. (laughs) It's, it's the life. But, but they would, they would just do take after take after take of these things and ask their performers to just take falls and take punches. And I mean, the joke is if you see one of these movies, even now, and someone takes a punch, if you see like a Hollywood movie, then you know that punch was pulled. You know, that punch was just looks like it connected because of the camera angle if you see a hong kong movie you know he probably just punched the guy like <laughs> that's 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 an exaggeration that's a simplification but it kind of gets at <laughs> the difference between what these guys are doing for their action and for their art and what what we're doing and it enables them i mean for better or for worse that it, it enables them to do some really cool stuff but jackie chan broke a lot of bones and came close to dying and I don't know, maybe we could, you know, yeah. we, people can go listen to our, our cowards climb. <laughs> yeah, the, I
1: forgot that we discussed him in that episode. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't, from what I hear, he walks like, huh. he, it's like he's, well, he's permanently bow-legged because he has no cartilage in his knees anymore, so he can't just walk like you or me because it's bone, scraping on bone.
0: So that's that's what he's done with his life. Right, and for better, I mean, here in America, we have boxers who choose to give up <laughs> to brain cells. I mean, in... in you know who choose to be permanently brain damaged know that's what they're doing and make a lot of money or don't we have football stars that make those same kinds of decisions i don't i'm not in love with it i'm not here to litigate it on this podcast i'm sure jake would have some interesting thoughts one way or another i don't know what he would say about that kind of stuff but every culture has its its blood sports that we're willing to sacrifice people to so i, I don't want to say americans are great and you know the Hong Kong film industry was just taking advantage of people in a way that we mm-hmm. never would. Yeah, our film industry has always been a little bit more careful and well regulated than them. That was my mm-hmm. that was my only point. When Jackie Chan came here and started doing Rush Hour and what was that one with Owen Wilson, oh,
1: Shanghai, Noon. Shanghai, and
0: all those cinematic masterpieces. Yeah, he was just shocked by how little time was spent on the action scenes and mm-hmm. how like he was just used to spending days and days and days just redoing things and getting things right and making sure we all got it in a wide shot. And that's just not, not how American crews and American directors and American stunt <laughs> performers were used to working. That's right. Too bad. So let's see, where are we? So we talked about Shaw Brothers, we talked about Jackie Chan, we talked about Bruce Lee.
1: Mm-hmm. Given a brief overview of the Hong Kong thing. Yeah. So
0: it sort of broke through in the video market in the 80s and then some of, a lot of these guys tried to break through in the west in the 90s and early 2000s mm-hmm. and almost all of them not successfully No you had you had Jet Li be a villain in a crummy uh, Lethal Weapon 4 Yes Jet Li and man that that, that that's so stupid because mm-hmm. I mean I I've enjoyed a Lethal Weapon movie or two in my time but the idea that Mel Gibson grizzled old Mel Gibson and fat Danny Glover could take on Jet Li in his prime and defeat him is silly. <sighs> yep, yeah, not it's, very cool. Yeah, just not very cool. Not very They should have just made... But I'm sure Jet Li cashed a nice paycheck for that. I'm yeah. sure he did. And he did some international co-productions that were had some fun scenes kiss of the dragon stuff like that yeah jackie chan i guess made was successful here i mean he wasn't artistically successful but he made yeah. a lot of money those rush hour movies were popular and they made a lot mm. of money for yeah everyone involved but yeah
1: too bad yeah too, too
0: bad that's that's what you get <laughs> mostly it's been like what's his face uh, the guy from brett ratner and yeah, brett ratner's the worst he, even before all his allegations and stuff he's just like the most he,
1: He's the most banal
0: yes Hollywood
1: director yes I know just, just just, a guy who works the system and has no interest in making anything good or no and no idea how to do it
0: yeah just one of those guys that must be good in a pitch meeting that's what I always think like he, he must mm-hmm. he must know how to talk to money people because he gets I think that's it he, before he, he's he's kind of been me too and has some pretty serious allegations about mm-hmm. the stuff that he did mm-hmm. but in any case, he, he used to get all these big assignments.
1: Uh, Interestingly, he, he and <laughs> Brian Singer, who's also been Me Tooed, I guess, now share the uh, distinction of having directed an X Men movie. So, yes, or, that's right.
0: Yep. Isn't that interesting that the people who were attracted to the Pre- premier superhero gay mm-hmm. sort of uh, uh, parable? Yep. Uh, Ended up being perverse and they're sexually immoral. And sexually immoral. I think it's a coincidence, probably. Yeah, it's just a coincidence. There's 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 no lesson to draw from that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I if you want to, well, here's the thing about Jackie Chan. He artistically successful. Well, no, here's the thing about martial arts movies. Mm -hmm. Artistically successful in the martial arts movie world. I don't even know what that means. Right? Does it mean that you made a movie with really good martial arts scenes? Okay. Well, th- then by that standard, actually, Chan has not been successful in the United States movie market. Right. Does it mean that you made, but he's been successful in other movies that he made in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Does it mean that you made a movie with a good script? I Chan might never have been successful in that case because I don't know of a single movie. There's, there's one kind of on the edge. It's like an artsy-fartsy mm-hmm. sort of movie that's still kind of fun. I don't know if no one will have seen it little big soldier or something big little soldier Hmm. more recent but i can't eat but even that i don't know about
0: that well okay so if i'm gonna push back on that a little bit which i I mean i basically agree it's it's true these movies all are stupid stupid but are Astar and rogers movies that much better i mean in other words if you're making a movie that's about that's just about dancing yeah then is the plot of I i mean i guess singing in the rain does have a pretty clockwork plot and witty dialogue and stuff i can't and so does this Darren Rogers for <laughs> some of their better ones. Sure. But there are genres of movies that are, you're there for the songs. You're there for the dance. You're there sure. for the action scenes. You're there for the, the the whatever it is. Not every movie has to do the same thing. And so I don't think it's entirely unfair to these guys set out to make martial arts showcase films.
1: I, I, I agree. I think actually, I think that what you just say is that, well- Staren Rogers films can be, they, there's lots of stupid stuff going on.
0: Right, the just, plots just, really don't hold up. They're, they're air, you know, they're wafer thin.
1: They're, they're wafer thin. Everything is kind of dumb and played for, played for laughs. And that is, I think, the best parallel you're going to get to Jackie Chan and his prime. Although, Jackie Chan in his prime is probably going to be more on the crass side.
0: Which is too bad. And, and detracts, for sure.
1: Which, which is too bad, and it detracts.
0: Um. My dad actually said something smart about Jackie Chan, I think, one time. Because we watched, for whatever reason, me and my dad watched Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, yeah. Which was one yeah. of Jackie Chan's, I think it's it's actually a Eastern-made movie, but it was one of his, it is. One of his attempts to break a, through in it, the West. And it's a pretty decent Jackie Chan movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie, but there's a lot of crassness and a lot of... And, and, and what my dad pointed out was Jackie Chan – this is actually not true of Drunken Master, the one that we watched, because the Chan character is pretty vulgar in that one. That's right. But generally speaking, Jackie Chan plays a very innocent, naive, kind yeah. of boyish, likable character who's just trying to do the right thing. Uh, but shucks if he doesn't find himself surrounded by beautiful women whose clothes gets knocked off. Shucks if he, <laughs> shucks if he doesn't find himself surrounded by uh, vulgar – bad guys that are doing vulgar things shucks if he doesn't find himself you know with friends who are much more crass than he is and my dad just said i think he read me some proverbs about a man's friends you Mm -hmm. know from Mm -hmm. early in the book of proverbs and he's just like look at the people that jackie chan surrounds himself and realize that's more an indication of jackie chan's actual personality than Mm -hmm. this naive that's right boy you know jackie chan had perfect control over the fact that his naive boyish sort of asexual character accidentally ended up in a brothel in this scene or whatever right, it was. Yeah, sure, you sure, know,
1: Absolutely true. That's a really good point. Jackie Chan's very smart and knows how to have it both ways. Mm-hmm. So he can be crass without being, without being personally crass
0: or appearing personally crass in his movies. And it, it sort of, it, it does work as as messaging like you you do you do sort of just accept without thinking about it that jackie chan personally is a very innocent (laughs) guy Uh, yeah and he's just being put upon by yeah all these things
1: yeah that's interesting yeah so in drunken master he is just a brat and the movie is like how can you be a brat how can you be a better brat Mm -hmm. the brat that like can beat all the other brats and that's the whole movie right 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 (laughs) Uh, but you were making a larger point i think that i interrupted Was I? Anyway, I mean, I, martial arts movies as a genre are going to be... Well, okay. Let's just stick with Jackie Chan. Jackie The Jackie Chan genre, right. is, insofar as there is such a thing, is is going to be, at its best, good fight scenes, but you're still going to have a terrible script. And maybe scene to scene will make you laugh. Mm-hmm. And, which is sort of like a Staron Rogers. Often, though, it's going to be
0: more crass. And just, I don't necessarily dislike this but i think it's worth pointing out more broad more stupid like there's there's oh, no yeah. challenge to your intelligence this is all pitched the, the humor is always just pitched at the lowest common it's like people making funny faces people getting hit with things <laughs> people That's right. you know having bodily functions and stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah it's never much more sophisticated than that it, it, yeah
1: if you watch fred astaire his body movements his facial expressions the little things he does with his scripts mm-hmm. is way more sophisticated than anything jackie chan does
0: yeah for an audience today at the very least an astaire and rogers movie is a little bit of not a challenge i don't want to say but like it's faster in terms of its dialogue and the frame of reference that it's asking us to accept and mm-hmm. the level that these characters are operating on than we're used to and
1: in yeah, movies. it's more meta about itself, I guess, isn't it? Like, yeah. it,
0: it knows what it is, and it's
1: like asking the audience to play along. Here, we're messing with the form of things.
0: Right. We all know that Aster and Rogers are going to get together at the end. Now let's have a little fun with scrambling the plot around so that yeah. they're torn apart. But we all, we're winking as we do it. It's, it's pretty sophisticated.
1: Yeah, actually. and Jackie Chan has made enough. I, I think the most sophisticated movie of his... In that sense, the kind where he's like, I know what the form is, mm-hmm. and I'm going to like, is when he when he makes a martial arts version of the Frank Capra movie, Pocket Full of Miracles, and I guess kind of uses another Frank Capra movie lady for a day. Anyway, so Jackie Chan mixes this Capra stuff around and makes his own like martial arts version of it uh, called Miracles, or Canton Godfather, or... Black Dragon, Mm -hmm. or Mr. Canton and Lady Rose. There's all these different titles, I don't know why. But it's, it actually it's, it's, and I've for whatever reason, this is weird, I've never found this movie and seen it all the way through. Right. But it seems clear that it's ambitious from all the, all the clips I've seen. Mm -hmm. Very ambitious in terms of like Chan getting a little meta. And I I'm sure that it's not successful in terms of having a good script. Right. Anyway. That's not what Jackie Chan does. The most Jet Li is Kind of the same in his own way, but Jet Li is not interested in comedy. Almost no, he all. takes things
0: very seriously, and to me, that's a drag. Like, I just yeah, I, I have limited tolerance for things, especially things that aren't of substance. Right, <laughs> that take themselves too seriously. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if you're gonna have, if you're gonna be a movie that's made for fun, then let's act like it's fun. Not, let's not have sad music and people not smiling all the time, mm-hmm. and you know, let's establish that these bad guys are sexually abusive too before you know like who cares they they just say they're bad guys yeah
1: yeah i think uh, now you you can find some artsy martial arts film we've films we've already named one crouching tiger hidden dragon Mm -hmm. you can make an argument actually that movie has a good script it's thoughtful it's weird it's not it's not this kind of storytelling we it's it just doesn't work the way
0: that we think a story should work but i think if not if i'm gonna be a real genre snob i'd say that's really an Lee movie that's that's sort of made by a western filmmaker telling a a story like it didn't just come magically out of the hong kong studio system and the way that
1: yeah but i but i still feel like it's actually it actually i i think of it as a chinese film yeah a chinese martial arts film anyway and i feel like it's I mean, I I think which I, I haven't seen it since it came out.
0: Probably, yeah, it's been a long time for me so, too. Well, Decades, yeah. probably, since I've seen it.
1: Or you you could take that movie
0: Hero, mm-hmm. which was a Western Breakover, and has Jet Li and Donnie Yen. And yeah, that guy. What's the name of that director? He also did House of House of Flying Daggers, Flying Daggers and, and several and... other
1: things. Yeah, that's that's a very famous, I think, mainland Chinese director. Yes, I'm. I'm just gonna look him up.
0: He did that Matt Damon movie about the Wall. Oh
1: yeah. Western crossover breakthrough. Right
0: yeah, awesome.
1: Zhang Yimou. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zhang Yimou is, is a visual genius. Like, yeah, those
0: movies are artistic triumphs. I mean, yeah. there, there's no... They're brilliant. I don't, I don't know how much I love them. Or probably, recommend them. Probably of the three we mentioned, the one that I remember the fondest is House of Flying Daggers, just because it's too. got some really fun action mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And is pretty inappropriate sexually. Very inappropriate. Yes. I just remember that now. So... Yeah. Sorry, li- sorry, listener.
1: All- hey, here's the best example of a a thoughtful martial arts movie. Don't watch
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you're probably safe to stick with. Well, even Crouching Tiger has some yeah, some stuff. It does. Incl- including the old trope of, I'm going to start raping her and then she's going to like it and then we're going to fall in love. Oh, boy. Which yeah. uh, you'd think would have been retired by the time Crouching Tiger happened. But... I
1: feel like that's one reason I've never gone back to that movie is because... There was some uncomfortable stuff.
0: The love story between the thief and the girl is has too much of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, whatever. That'd be interesting. Maybe we'll do Crouching Tiger. It seems like our audience, you know, our audience, the audience for this podcast tends to be of the age demographic where they ask for things like magnolia and crouching tiger and magnolia huh like stuff that kind of hit in the late 90s early 2000s that's Mm -hmm. that's really in the wheelhouse of people who are listening right now so I, i bet they'd they'd love i mean they're the kind of people that probably remember american beauty and wouldn't mind us doing that not that we ever will but yeah and, and huh. I'm not accusing any of our listeners of wanting us to do American Beauty. I'm just trying to peg a certain era, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Kind of the the mirror when Miramax was a force and all mm-hmm. this kind of thing, right? So anyway, Crouching Tiger, we should probably just do that sometime. Yeah, be fun to revisit that one. Anyway, yeah. huh?
1: Well, okay. So, so the so 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 Crouching Tiger is is artsy fartsy mainland China director. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Mm-hmm. Who's making like. Chinese cinema with a capital, you know, but cinema with a capital C. Like this film is art and I know it. And Jackie Chan is nothing like that. And whenever he's tried to make a film like that, he makes garbage. Right. <laughs> he it, garbage by his own standards, which are
0: did it have a bunch of fun fight scenes? Mm-hmm. No. Well, then it's garbage well he's just not a very compelling i think jackie chan's wonderfully charismatic and he, he has a big singing career career over there he's like a famous pop star so weird I, I we i have some we both have chinese friends and i had a birthday party with one of them one time and just just for fun i put on like you know spotify's list of famous 90s pop songs and and it was the best thing i did at that party because the chinese people there were just like so nostalgic about them they remembered all these wow. and, you know, it's just like if you put on a playlist that had britney spears and nsync or something like that and, and everybody's kind of singing like they don't want to admit it but they remember that kind of thing so but many of the the, the, the most famous songs that they were all vibing on were jackie chan so wow he had a big career and it's really cheesy terrible stuff by our standards i'm sure that it is just these these mawkish sounding ballads but anyway yeah jackie chan's not trying to i would say it's a little bit like the difference between a noir film from the 1940s when they were just churning them out and chinatown or something like there's people that take the genre elements and mm. make art that's right but if you th- if you just watch one of those movies and think you've seen anything from the genre then yeah kind of but not really like if you want to see the genre you have to watch a drunken master or a uh
1: you mean you so so what you're saying is if you just w- watch one of the artsy movies that's downstream yes. and you think oh now I've seen martial arts well no actually go watch the crass
0: stupid version of this <laughs> 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 and, and that's martial arts cinema <laughs> Right well, if 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 you, if, you, if you you know if you wanted to know what it is like if you wanted to know what are, if someone just says oh I watch martial arts movies all the time I'm a nerd I know that stuff if you've only ever seen Crouching Tiger you need to at least watch Iron Monkey to understand what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. There is this whole genre, what is it? How do you say it? Wuxu. Su- Wuxia. Wuxia. Okay, see, I'm I'm not someone that knows how to pronounce Chinese, word. I mean I'm not saying I am, that's but that's what I've heard. Yeah, Busha films, which are the ones that are set in the past and they're,
1: uh, they're, I think that they're so their their defining element is like the fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's like people kind of flying around. Mm-hmm. It's not just and so there there's there's usually elaborate wire work.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Once upon a time in China is a very famous and pretty awesome, probably has bad stuff, but I I remember it being
1: That's that's actually that would be that would be that would have been a better one for us to start out with than uh, drunken master almost there's so many things that would have been better for us to uh, and and that's actually that's that's pretty close to an older artsy martial arts film Mm -hmm. i think it's it i think on a lot of levels it ends up being very stupid anyway but it has a kind of elegance and a kind of like hey we're going to talk to you about chinese nationalism very intentionally in this movie as i recall that's 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 a lot different than chan being I'm an imp. I like to drink and beat people up and laugh about it and make poop jokes. And, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And J- Jet Li is like, I'm going to make this elegant movie about someone who represents like the height of the nobility of mm-hmm. Chinese culture
0: and is a martial arts master. Right. Well, maybe this, that's kind of a good segue. I think we've talked as much as we want to about the history of mm-hmm. the genre. Kind of sure. a scattershot. But yeah, it was we're, really we're just, scattershot. We're just, we're just having fun today, folks. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the you begin to hit on some of the moral elements and some of the sort of reoccurring themes that you'll see, and there's, there's several. One is national identity. You see this over and over and over again, and the scars that came from having this British influence. Oftentimes, there'll be a British bad guy or there'll be these really foppish, really silly British characters that are just completely ridiculous and what was the line you quoted from fist of legend earlier
1: oh no that was from a legend of drunken master there's some british of, dude yeah. there and he's 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 annoyed that a kung fu school's practice is like disturbing his nap or mm-hmm. his sleep or something and he's he tells his he tells his chinese henchman, it's it's uh it's disturbing my sleep so why don't you do something about it yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, it's, and it's you know and it, it's dubbed over mm-hmm. even though it's it's clearly a white like a caucasian actor
0: but the voice is dubbed and it doesn't quite match his mouth <laughs> right so it's really funny yeah well, you, and you'll see that kind of thing all the time just uh,
1: well and and also i sh- we we, sh- we should mention also scars from the japanese invasion yes. of china and their and their history And so you'll have Japanese bad guys and like karate is Mm -hmm. the enemy. And maybe it's like Americans practicing karate. Yeah. Like in Ip Man 4, if anyone's seen that. (laughs) And so so it's it's against Western imperialism. It's against Japan. It's Kung Fu versus karate, that kind of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. It really dispels the notion that we as Americans are especially racist. Like if you listen to the woke <laughs> crowd, it's like, why can't we just be like all the other cultures and be accepting? But then you watch these movies, and it's like they're, they they may be talking about real historical traumas and and things that you know they 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 may have a point about everything. I'm not here to argue one way or another about that. But mm-hmm. what you know is, you watch some of these movies, and they just hate the Japanese, or they just hate the British, or they just. it's What's really kind of fun to watch, actually, as an American, is the ones where they just hate. The Americans, and they just have these crash, boorish, uh, usually Southern talk. it'll be like some badly dubbed guy who talks like this or something you know, and he's just these <laughs> <laughs> dumb, like American stereotypes. It's fascinating to see how other cultures view us, especially when they they don't like us. So yeah, many, many, many of these movies. There's this famous I don't really remember the history off the top of my head, but there's a conflict between the Japanese and the Chinese. I mean, the the occupation, but then there's a specific incident or something that I've, I feel like I've just seen recast and redone in many of these movies. I don't, if, I don't even remember. It's like a riot or a fight or something like that that you huh. just see over and over and over and over and over again. It's like mm-hmm. this hisco- historical scar that they just hmm. keep itching. So I, I just looked it up, folks. It's the Boxer Rebellion, and I don't remember the details, something to do with... Oh, it's a peasant uprising. Yeah, a peasant uprising. and
1: Attempting to drive all foreigners from China, says Encyclopedia Britannica. This is the kind of thing. Yeah. this. Is, it's, I don't know. It's stupid to have seen a million images of this, but not known what, what it was. Mm-hmm. Been like, okay, when's the next fight scene with Jet Li? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid. That's one side effect of martial arts movies, at least for me. Mm-hmm. It's like I have all these images of Chinese history and culture. Right. But I don't have a context for them. Really? Yeah. I I understand the vibe. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I, I get the idea, but I don't know what actually happened or why.
0: What's really interesting about this, the Boxer Rebellion in particular is I feel like I've seen, now forgive me if I'm mangling history here, but there's something like this where I've seen Japanese movies that cast it. Exactly the opposite. So I've seen Chinese movies where the Chinese are awesome and the Japanese are just jerks, and then I've seen Japanese movies where they tell the same story, the exact same incident, and it's like those Chinese. We've got to stop them before they. Yep. So, all right. So, what is the next sort of reoccurring moral theme that we find striking about these movies, Ben? Well, Nathan, I would say that it's
1: like I don't know. Uh, there's there's a decent amount of bloodlust. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, there's a ton of bloodlust as soon as you think outside of Jackie Chan. Right. And uh, a lot of that, you could say, is like, well, here's a, here's your hero, the martial artist, in a situation where the villain will kill him if he doesn't kill the villain, so right. it's self-defense. But then I, I think, yeah, but these movies really like... They like that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, our movies do, too.
0: Die Hard. Die but hard our anyone. movies tend to... The thing that's different, at least until relatively recently, I think it's it's, as our culture has become more pagan, we've moved more this direction in the West, but we used to always feel the need to stack the deck such that the hero had no choice. I mean, how many terrible old John Wayne movies and things are there where the bad guy's given up, he's raised his hands, but we as the audience, we still want to see that bad guy get blown away. (laughs) And so- we're going to just have that guy, when he has no hope, he's just going to go for his gun, and then John Wayne will, will <laughs> finish him off. Righteous kill. Righteous kill. Now, the difference between that is you watch Hard Boiled, the famous Hong Kong movie. They have the guy, bad guy down, same situation, and the hero pulls out his gun and shoots him in the head. That's the end of the movie. That's like the one of the last shots of the movie. And the, they don't feel the need to have the bad guy go for his gun. Hmm. like. We don't need to morally stack the deck in such a way that, oh, well, I guess he had to kill the guy. It's like, no, nah, he's the bad guy. We're, he's the antagonist. We're going to kill him. And that goes all the way back to Bruce Lee. You watch mm-hmm. his famous... He has a famous fight with Chuck Norris before Chuck Norris was the phenomenon that he became. <laughs> <laughs> but he just plays the boorish American bad guy in uh, Way of the Fist, I think it is. I don't know. They have a famous fight in the Coliseum uh, in Rome, I think, if I'm remembering right uh-huh. correctly. You're, yep. And... Chuck Norris is set up as this really awesome antagonist. And you think there's going to be a big fight. You know, you just assume as a Westerner, you've seen a million things like this. Chuck Norris is there going to be a fight. Chuck Norris is going to be awesome. Chuck Norris is going to get the upper hand. And then Bruce Lee is going to turn the tables and destroy Chuck Norris. But as we already talked about, <laughs> that's not what happens. <laughs> Bruce Lee shows up. He's awesome. Chuck Norris does not stand a chance. Chuck Norris may I think you said earlier, Ben.
1: He gets, I think he gets like one kick. Yeah, he gets kicked in, kick or, in something. or something like that. And then, and then there's there's a point where Chuck Norris could give up, and Bruce Lee would probably let him live. Mm-hmm. But Chuck Norris
0: will not. Right. And Bruce Lee is just like fine. And then there's a point okay. where there's several points where Bruce Lee could say, "Ah, well, I've incapacitated him. Good enough." But that's that's not what Bruce Lee does. <laughs> he just kills him. He just kills the guy. I don't remember whether he strangles him or. Or Probably West, just kicks him to death. Yeah, he's he's just like slowly kills the guy, and it's, it's supposed to be awesome. Yeah, yep, uh, yeah, pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually not. I mean, even as a kid, you know, who just liked martial arts movies, and like, well, it's not really very exciting if the hero just always has the drop on the villain, and there's never any tension. And I do get tired. You know, we've moved more in that direction. So nowadays, we see too many super powered kind of. Stuff like we were talking about in The Matrix where it's just like, well, the bad guys never really had a chance, so who cares? But Mm -hmm. before that, we saw lots of situations where it was like, I know the hero is going to flip the table. So do we have to draw out the the tension of like, I've got you now dangling over a cliff. Let's spend the next 10 minutes monologuing as I slowly, (laughs) you know – Make sparks go towards your hands or something you know well, we know he's gonna flip the tail like let's just cut to the chase uh, but the but but these movies far and away always cut to the chase <laughs> and oftentimes feature heroes who just indiscriminately murder the yeah. bad guys
1: yeah it, it kind of i I feel like it kind of it kind of depends Bruce Lee Bruce Lee is a glaring example mm-hmm. jetly you're not gonna get that so much actually right jet jetly you might get especially if someone Okay, Donnie Yen playing Ip Man. Mm-hmm. He's going to represent noble, like, I guess, sort of a, oh, what did I want to say? Not Taoist, mm-hmm. but maybe somewhat somewhat, somewhat Taoist or Confucianist right. worldview of honorable behavior. Right. And he's not going to end up, like, killing his enemies. Like, the villains in Ip Man, like, he beats them up. And, and he shows that Chinese kung fu is better, mm-hmm. and that the Chinese are more noble than these American and Japanese savages, and that's that. Right. And and so and so that's that's a little different. And it really it really depends. Jackie Chan is not generally interested in
0: killing villains. He's uh, just like I, Jackie Chan. I don't think is actually interested in. He's interested in violent motion and violent movement, but he's not interested in violence as we think of it. He's not interested no. in bloodshed or even really in what happens to a guy when you punch him. He's just interested in moving, dodging. Uh-huh. Movement, and a- the acrobatics, got this big dance. Corey, yeah, it it is the closest to Esther and Rogers that any of these things come. It, it's really yeah. more about like my favorite Jackie Chan fight I think is from a stupid movie called first strike I think and it's got this ladder fight oh, yeah. where there's like a hundred bad guys running at Jackie Chan and he he has a big metal step ladder yeah it's like a big eight or ten foot ladder and he's swinging it around and using it as a weapon but then he's also unfolding it real quick and diving through the ladder and weaving in and out of the steps and all this kinds of stuff and it's just like how many different things can you do to defend yourself with a ladder and what's <laughs> and what are the most acrobatic and ridiculous things you can do while using that ladder, it's brilliant, and it's just choreography. You know, you could you could imagine Olympians doing something. Like, I don't think it's it feeds that kind of bloodlust at all. Actually, no. it's more about you want Jackie. You're pulling for Jackie Chan. You want him to survive, and you want him to be really cool and acrobatic as he <laughs> as he does it. But it's really not even about can I punch these guys. It's more just about like can I survive their blows and send them flailing back long uh-huh. enough for me to get to the next yeah. stunt. Yeah. There there are
1: different schools. There are different schools. And of course, then there's different levels of violence even in Jackie Chan films. Right. It's a famous... Well, anyway, there's, there's just lots of stuff. But 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 the kind of bloodlust you're talking about is definitely more on the the Bruce Lee side and the Shaw Brothers side, mm-hmm. depending on what
0: you're watching. And um, The Shaw Brothers are t- type films are the ones that Quentin Tarantino was riffing on and kind that's of right. post po- postmodernly repurposing for the Kill Bill thing where we're just going right. to chop people's limbs off and blood's going to be spraying everywhere and all that kind of stuff. Just really gross. Really gross stuff. Especially when Quentin Tarantino does it way more realistically and artistically, artistically than those guys ever... Dreamed of doing it. Yeah, I would say so. Jackie Chan doesn't really fit this stereotype, but I would say even for Jet Li, even for many, for many Don Donnie Yen films, quite explicitly, there is just this surprising amount of of brutality, of bloodlust, of I don't mind. Like once I got the other guy on the ropes, I'm gonna finish him off, and it's gonna take a long time, and. It doesn't matter if he tries to run or if he tries to give up, like he he doesn't even think about giving up. We just, we just sort of understand we're going to do this until somebody dies. And it's weird because it'll be mixed with these moments of honor, quote unquote, you know, mm-hmm. a, a little old lady will cross the street and the bad guy will help her. You know, I think there's a moment like that in one of the raid movies where, you know, a kid stumbles out of the apartment and they they help the kid you know they they both put down their weapon you know you have things like that they 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 really enjoy the sort of the interplay of chivalry and honor and all that sort of thing but then with blood with bloodlust but then they mix it with like the most egregious bloodlust and i don't know that it's really all that different than a lot of modern hollywood movies at this i mean we, we just do that but we didn't always even in our lifetime like diehard's a pretty good example very violent Movie kind of mean spirited and bloody and mm-hmm. it's violence, but we're always going to make sure that John McClane has a reason to do what he does within the context of the story. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's John McClane's ultimate goal, as angry as he can be and as brutal as he can be with those terrorists. His goal is to save his wife and to get out of dangerous situations as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. It's not generally just like I love killing people at mm-hmm. length, for as long as possible. And uh, that's just different. It's, I don't know. I mean, I think it is a difference between a, a Christian culture and a, a pagan culture. Yeah, I, I
1: I think so, too. I mean, the ultimate moral goal of those movies, those martial arts movies, is really different. Mm-hmm. Like, their idea of honor, <laughs> in the end, is not a Christian idea of honor. Right. Even if there's superficial similarities at certain points. and you, And you can feel it. If you watch, if you watch *Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon*, it's like this is not really like what is this actually? Because mm-hmm. it has some stuff that matches us in terms of honor, which is one of the main themes of that movie. Right. But then it's not us. So it, it, I don't know. It's, it's a weird world to enter. Yeah. Even if you're watching Jackie Chan at his silliest, mm. it's like it, it almost feels
0: amoral at best. Yeah. Yeah, Jackie Chan really is just a showcase for acrobatics. I think in his yeah. best movies and you're just you just the rest of it is just kind of silliness and Yeah. it just doesn't it's not it's not meant to matter all that much. I mean, it really the best comparison would be a crasser Chaplin movie or mm-hmm. Lloyd or Keaton movie cuz it's just like, well, we don't really care about the plot. We're just getting to the next slapstick sequence. Yeah. Well, Ben should Christians watch <laughs> <laughs> Oh martial arts oh <laughs> uh,
1: should they watch martial arts movies nathan well depends what and how yeah uh, what else can we say i mean i think i think we've already we've already said how much we admire especially chan's choreography in mm-hmm. his um, i don't know you should listener. you should pull up it, everyone has seen that stepladder scene with jackie chan mm-hmm. i feel like but if you haven't you should pull it up on youtube and watch it yeah the rest of the movie is really
0: dumb Really dumb. Um, probably has some crass sex stuff and whatever
1: yeah, else. Yeah, and, and Chan's not going to show you nudity or anything like that, but he'll just be crass. Mm-hmm. Like, bad sitcom crass or something. And as far as other things that you could watch with him, there's other there's there's movies that you could watch with him. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be silly. They're going to be dumb. You'll get some enjoyment out of them. There's some Jet Li stuff you could watch. You could watch Fists of Legend, probably. Mm-hmm. If... <laughs> It's not a kid's movie at all, but I don't know. I mean, you have to figure, you have to be able to enjoy the action choreography and not enjoy bloodlust and know the difference (laughs) even in the movie that you're watching and what it wants and what it's trying to do.
0: Yeah, I I hate that modern movies, modern action movies, modern adult action movies. I mean, there's the Marvel movies and all that, but Mm -hmm. that's not what we're talking about. Movies that are actually marketed for their action these days mm-hmm. are so uniformly about bloodlust, even the, even the better ones that it's just obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy a lot of what Keanu Reeves is doing with the John wick movies, but so much of those movies are just about brutal gunshots to the head that at the end of the day, you kind of can't enjoy the stuff that is enjoyable about it without entering into a pact with the filmmakers, wherein you enjoy brutal headshots to people's heads. I was just like, I don't didn't really need that. Like, yeah, there were other, there are other things that are exciting and that get the blood going and that are fun about Mm -hmm. an action scene than about the violent snuffing out of human life. Like it doesn't actually, some of the best action movies aren't about that. Actually, you know, Raiders of the lost Ark for all its violence. And it, it is a movie that is too violent, but it's not, it's got wonderful action scenes that aren't about that. They're about Indiana Jones trying to get out of exciting scrapes and, oh no, the Nazis are crawling on the truck. How do I get them off? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even that's gonna have some violence, but you see what the, you know, some, well, I got the guy on the front of the truck, I'm gonna run him over, you know, it's gonna have that too. Mm-hmm. But the scene, ultimately, we don't remember it for that. We remember it just for the kinetic motion and the choreography and the different problems that, indiana jones has to anticipate and solve in the moment and even something as aggressively grotesque as uh, mad max fury road i I would say or some of the other mad max movies are ultimately more about kinetic motion and choreography and what happens when a truck flips five times than they are about what happens when you split open the human body yeah wouldn't that be cool yep yep yeah,
1: there there is a difference, and it may sound like we're splitting ears, but there's a difference in my
0: conscience for sure. I don't think we're – I mean, I think for so, I think there's probably people out there that are so in love with Bloodlust that they just shouldn't watch any of it. they just like whatever. All they, this stuff and, is bad for them. All, mm-hmm. But I don't actually think that that's me. I don't think that that's probably a lot of our listeners. I do think that action movies are fun and good when done well. Mm-hmm. There is a world of difference between – arrow flynn is having a sword fight with basil rathbone Mm -hmm. and john wick is shooting people in the head john wick is has that guy on the ground and he's gonna shoot him in the head twice because that's even cooler than shooting him in the head once there's a big difference yeah that's that's taking two extremes on the spectrum uh more
1: yeah i mean even you take sam Raimi's spider-man 2 those action sequences beautiful choreography mm-hmm. there's they're not about bloodlust right at all
0: <laughs> just about how can spider man stop a moving train when <laughs> when he's being attacked by a guy with octopus robot arms right and i think that's a great question that every young boy should <laughs> ask himself and <laughs> it's pretty fun <laughs> see answered so so i yeah i, I like that stuff and, and i think i mean not to get too gospel coalition about it but you know as as men, we, we, we are called to subdue and conquer the earth, and so we enjoy stories about subduing and conquering and solving problems. And action movies just distill that into a one big sort of high-impact package, and it can be fun and even edifying, I would say, when done well. But more and more these days... It's not fun it's not, or edifying. It's not fun or edifying. Or the fun is so mixed up with the
1: bloodlust that it's you you can't
0: enjoy it. Yeah, that's a frustrating. That's a really frustrating thing about something like John Wick for me. You actually are seeing some really skilled action choreography and some, you know, Keanu Reeves is he's he's he knows how to reload a gun in a really cool way while you know, crouching in an int- you know, like he, he he knows how to move his body in a in a way that's fun to watch, but it is so mixed up with the other stuff that so you have to draw your own lines with that stuff, listener. Like we, we can't tell you which ones feed your blood like. I mean, we probably could in private conversation, but we're we're not going to do it on this podcast for you. Yeah. But yeah. There you go. Anything else we want to say about martial arts cinema? Is there anything else that we like about? It? It's clear that you and I have spent a lot of time watching these movies and yeah. <laughs>
1: For better or worse For better
0: or worse yeah i've seen
1: a lot of things that i think are fun and that i still still like and especially i like jackie chan mm-hmm. and i have i i've i've had a lot of fun watching his stuff and thinking about the choreography and the dance of it we, i don't know what else to say
0: the other thing i would say is we do live in the age of youtube and i i i would encourage people to take advantage of that like you don't actually have to sit through i mean that's right the whole dumb crass movie you can just watch the latter scene and that's really all you need to watch from first contact
1: yeah it's 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 true it's true and a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, jackie chan movies number of jet lee movies are not well if you watch if you watch the fun scenes
0: you've you watched enough yeah there's really there's either the other rest of the stuff is either just bad and not good for you or it's just boring just boring like mm-hmm i think most jet lee movies for me just because i don't find him to be a particularly charismatic performer or actor mm-hmm. when he's not in motion most jet lee movies for especially <laughs> the ones that he made in english language is like i do not care about nah what's going on i don't care about setting up the bad guys i don't care about the predicament that the girl's in or whatever it is like it just doesn't <laughs> matter <laughs> it just doesn't matter uh.
1: Nah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well.
0: Yeah. Well, anything else? No, I don't think there's a whole lot else. All right. Well, let's let's call out a patron as a yawn. Sorry, folks. We've got Jacqueline due for our patron choice award of awesomeness. Ben, what do you think is awesome about Jacqueline? I think Jacqueline's flying triple kick into a somersault is her best quality. I really disagree. Oh. I think it is the flying guillotine that she keeps on a chain. Wow.
1: Well, that's that's a little more hardcore
0: than I knew that she was. So I guess that wins. Yeah, no, you should be thanking... If you get a triple kick and a somersault to the face... You should be thanking your lucky stars. (laughs) That she didn't pull out the flying guillotine. (laughs) That she didn't pull out the flying guillotine. Ah, yes. The flying guillotine. Classic weaponry. Classic weaponry. Very practical.
1: (laughs) Very practical.
0: (laughs) Man, well, Jacqueline's awesome, and we appreciate her patronage, and that's why she gets the Patron Choice Award of Awesomeness today. That is why. All right, Ben. Uh, Thanks for joining me on this, this journey across... Cultures and it was a it was a quick journey, a quick exchange of blows, if you will. Exchange of blow, you know. We'll probably, we're, we're, I think, we're going to make Jake do. I think we have to redeem our honor with Jake, which, yeah. as we all know, honor is the defining quality of life and yes. something that one should be willing to lay down almost anything else for. Mm-hmm. So, I think we have to redeem our honor with Jake, who was not happy with Drunken Master, fell asleep during it actually instead, he felt like he was watching a power rangers that's very sad and so i think we have to probably at some point do fist of legend with jake mm-hmm. and i think probably we'll come around to crouching tiger because that would just be an interesting one to talk about
1: yeah no i think so i think so there's some there's still there are definitely some worthwhile martial arts movies to talk about
0: yes and we will talk about some of them on this very podcast and we might quasi recommend some more yeah we're all about the quasi (laughs) recommendation i I
1: feel i feel like this is a really i am we're ending this episode on a really like quasi like yeah we love love martial uh we love certain scenes from martial arts movies and feel pretty good about them sometimes sometimes sometimes, i think you should go to youtube and just watch those and Maybe never watch the actual movie. Yeah. yeah. Go martial arts <laughs> movies.
0: <laughs> that's how I feel right now. Martial like, arts movies. 10% of it is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's about right. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's completely fair. And I don't know, listener. I don't know what you would have us do. My, my philosophy more and more on this podcast has just been to be honest about where I... Feel those tensions, and you know, talk about the things that I do find to be mm-hmm. awesome and intriguing. Because it just, just doesn't seem like there's much use in this podcast if we're gonna not talk about those tensions. Nah, I, I don't know. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, I feel lame about it. I'll admit that. On Mike, you know, like, it'd be nice to either say this is great. And we defend it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or this is terrible. You never have to watch it. But instead, we're just sort of an in-between place. Yeah. It's mostly terrible, but still, you could watch Jackie Chan. I I know. Kind
0: uh, of. I'll go this far in the terrible camp. If it's something that just doesn't intrigue you at all, if you're, say, a woman, and you're just like, this is not interesting to you, I see no reason for you to broaden your horizons and... Try to watch martial try arts to mar- movies. Watch martial arts movies for the most part. There might be one or two things that sort of broke through to the mainstream. You know, a crouching mm-hmm. tiger or something. Where mm-hmm. there are things for you to enjoy in it, but you do not have to pull up Jackie Chan things on YouTube. This podcast was addressed to the kinds of people who would <laughs> would like these kinds of things <laughs> in, in the first place. Yeah. So,
1: mantis style reigns supreme. <laughs> 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 wow.